Greetings, and welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Episodes are available on VHHA.com and on popular podcast hosting apps, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and many others. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, the Virginia Audio Collective, and the Family Podcast Network. Episodes also air each Saturday at noon and Sundays at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 820 a.m. across Central Virginia, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send questions, comments, feedback, or guest suggestions to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Again, that's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. I'm Will Selden with VHHA, and today we're pleased to be joined by our guest, Erica Kanaus, who is a physician assistant at Inova Health System. We'll cover her career, her specialties, and a little bit more, but first, Erica, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Will. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, I want to start with a little bit of brief sort of introductory information for our listeners, and then maybe you can sort of fill in the gaps for us. So I was reading in your bio on Inova's website, you're a PA, um, obviously with Inova Health, and you specialize in neurosurgery patient care. You got both your undergrad and master's degree um, in physician assistant studies from Philadelphia University. You're a mom Mm -hmm. to both a son and a French bulldog, which is great, a fellow dog lover, um, as well Mm -hmm. as a fan of DC United and the MLS, which we might touch on a little bit later. But other than those things, what should we know about you? Did you grow up in Philadelphia? How did you, you know, discover you wanted to become a PA? Tell us about yourself. So, yeah, so actually I grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and that's where all of my family and all of my husband's family lives as well. And I actually found out about the PA profession from my primary care provider. Growing up, I didn't realize that she wasn't a doctor until I was in high school looking to see what type of jobs I was into. And my mom told me, hey, you know, your primary care provider is actually a PA. And I was like, I don't really know what PA is. So I kind of looked into it and I actually talked to her as well. And she kind of told me about the profession. I was really interested in it because I was at that point where I was like, well, should I go nursing? Should I go medical doctor? What should I do? And that seemed like a perfect fit for me, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I like figured out that I wanted to do PA and I was looking around for schools. And my big thing was that I I knew I wanted to be a PA. So I found that some schools offered five-year programs where you could do a three-year undergrad and you would do a two-year master's program. It's kind of like an accelerated program, and you stay with that school throughout. So I was accepted into Philadelphia University's program, and yeah, I did my three years undergrad. You kind of take a little bit more extra credits during that undergrad phase each semester, but then you know that you're going into the master's program as long as you can be in good academic standing. Wow, that's pretty impressive that you knew so early on, and cool that that relationship with your provider inspired you to do that. I mean, were they super close to you and you sort of looked up to them as a mentor or how did that sort of work out? We had been going to her as a family for years as long as I can remember. Like I don't even know if I went to a pediatrician when I was younger. I think I just went to our family practice. We had known her for for years and she treated like all of my family members too, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, I, I know everyone's sort of got that relationship with their primary care provider, especially when they're younger. I know how important it is. So it's cool that you had that relationship and my guess is, you know, you've taken the importance of the relationship with your primary care provider when you were younger and sort of, you know, guided you to become the care provider that you are now. So that's cool. Exactly. So I mentioned briefly that you work mostly with neurosurgery patients. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that patient population. What do you enjoy the most? Are there certain things that drew you to that or, or how did you get into that specialty? Yeah. So when I, I actually didn't, I, when I went into the PA 
academic track. I thought that I was going to go in for primary care. And then as I went through my clinical rotations, which you do your last year of your master's, I actually was super interested in surgery when I was in my general surgery rotation. So when I came, when I was applying for jobs at the end of my schooling, I was looking for any type of surgery position that I could get into. And this neurosurgery practice in Lancaster, you know, they ended up hiring me and they were willing to train me, which was awesome. Because sometimes you have to take fellowships. You don't have to take a fellowship, but some hospital systems might offer a fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for like specialties, like sometimes they do an ER fellowship or they do neurosurgery fellowship, but they ended up taking over and um, I actually had a mentor at that first job who was also a PA. She kind of took me under her wing and I think it was like the first three months I had an orientation period where I was just learning everything neurosurgical, which is a, a great experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, so in your experience working with that patient population, what is it that mm-hmm. is most intriguing to you and I mean, from a layman's perspective, I'm obviously a, a lay person here. I'm <laughs> a no care provider. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it sounds, uh, I don't know what the right word is. It sounds very challenging, uh, very, very technical as a lot of care providing is. But talk a little bit about that patient population, what attracts uh-huh. you to it, and, and what sort of keeps you going. Yes, I've worked with many surgeons throughout the years. And most of the surgeons that I've worked with have been primarily spine based. They do brain, but they're not like skull based or they're not like concentrated just on the brain. They are more specialized in the spine area. So a lot of, I see a lot of neck pain, low back pain, those type of patients. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like most people throughout their lifetime go through some sort of neck pain, back pain, spine issue. So it's a multidisciplinary care. So sometimes when I see patients, I feel like I'm, I'm almost like, their first point of contact and then I I try to like either refer them out to, you know, pain management or I send them to the surgeon so they could be seen for surgery. So it's kind of like I'm like their primary care provider, but for their, their spine pain. I'm with you. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned a lot of people have those issues and when they have those issues, they can be so debilitating. And so I would imagine mm-hmm. that working in that area and really helping people sort of get their lives back is, is really gratifying. Now, are you in the operating room or are you post-surgery? Where do you see most mm-hmm. of your patients? So for the first four and a half years that I worked in neurosurgery, I was in the operating room. And then uh, more recently, I've just been in the office setting. I would first assist in most of those surgeries, which was a very good experience for me because I like the procedural aspects of things. And then it makes my job a little bit better to explain to patients exactly what's going to happen if their problem were to lead to surgery, what to expect post-operative care. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have that experience, so you can definitely help people navigate that. What I would imagine is sort of a scary situation sometimes. So you said you did that for four and a half years. Now you're in Mm -hmm. this office setting. Mm -hmm. Not to zoom out too much and make this too big Mm -hmm. of a a question here, but there are obviously a lot of different staffing shortages in the healthcare setting across the state. And so to -hmm. hear from someone like yourself who you know, has a couple of different experiences in sort of the same silo is really interesting. And I think for our listeners, for those people who are interested in becoming a care provider in whatever setting it is, it's it's probably helpful to hear from someone who's had both um, operating room experience and then transitioned into the office. So what was that transition like? Maybe what are some of the, the pros and cons of both of those different areas? Yeah, so the transition really happened when um, I went on maternity leave. 
And I actually ended up switching locations because of my commute was pretty long for my last job. Mm. Um, So I stayed within the Inova organization, but I transferred over closer to my house. So my commute went from like an hour down to like 20 minutes, which is a lot easier with having a baby. That's nice. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I I thought that I was going to really miss OR and most days I do. But I also think that it's being a parent now, having the flexibility of being in the office, because some of those OR days can be really long and challenging and exhausting. Just being in the office, it's like a slower schedule is, is nicer for me. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's cool to hear that you made that work for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah I know it was helped out with that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, I want to pivot a little bit here. I mentioned this briefly. You're a fan of DC United, which is maybe underselling mm-hmm. things a little bit. Yeah. Our listener who may be switched on here might have, and, and a soccer fan might have picked this out already mm-hmm. based on your last name, but you're married yeah. to Russell Canals, who is mm-hmm. um, a center midfielder for DC United mm-hmm. in the DC area, plays in the MLS. Mm-hmm. Connections don't end there. Um, Inova also entered a sports medicine partnership with DC United earlier this year, so they provide sports medical care to them. There's a club physician, all that sort of stuff. So really, it's sort mm-hmm. of a family affair for y'all, which is cool. My guess is, and based on our conversation, you don't work directly with the team as a neurosurgery specialist, but um, from mm-hmm. your husband, Russell, what do you hear about the kind of support that Inova provides to DC United and other sports organizations? Maybe you don't have firsthand experience, but I wonder mm-hmm. what you know light you could shed on that sort of relationship. Yeah, so I think that it was a pretty seamless transition into um, having Inova Sports Medicine be their main docs this year um, and, you know, years to come. And I I mean, I was excited about it because I was like, well, I've worked for Inova for many years and I know how great of an organization it is. And the docs seem great. I haven't met them personally yet, but uh, my husband's had to go in a couple times and go for visits and everything. And everybody's really great. I mean, they get the players in pretty quickly if they need imaging done, which is, you know, I, I tell him he's like so lucky for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's super cool that you have that sort of connection on both sides of that. Well, thanks so much for sharing all that. Before we let you go, um, our repeat listeners will know it's tradition on this podcast to ask our guests a few sort of fun questions to close things out. So if you'll okay. indulge us, we have a list of 10 mystery okay. questions that we can draw from. And when you're oh, ready... Cool. If you give me two numbers from one to ten, I'll read you those corresponding questions. First number, five. Okay, number five. This is a good one. If you could spend the day with one person from history, living or otherwise, who would it be and why? Oh, my gosh. You only have every single person who's ever lived to choose from. So I know. <laughs> That's a hard one. Man. I think what first comes to mind is... My husband's mother passed away now 10 years ago, and I would probably go back and want to talk to her. I was lucky enough to meet her, but she died from lung cancer back 10 years ago. And I only really knew her for like a year before she was really sick and passed away. Dang, that's cool that you'd like to spend more time uh, with, with yeah. that family member. That's really cool. Okay, and one more one more number. Yeah. Um, let's go with six. Number six. Okay. Uh-huh. Another brain teaser. In the hypothetical scenario that you have a one-time access to a time machine with limits, you can either travel 100 years into the past or 100 years into the future. Which direction do you choose to travel and why? Oh my gosh, I would definitely choose 100 years into the future mm-hmm. because I would want to know what medical advancements we would have then. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I, that's a great answer. When other folks have said that, like, if you think about a hundred years ago, just the stuff that we didn't have back then and the, and the pace of technological discovery and all that sort of stuff, a hundred years from now, it's going to be, can be crazy. Yeah. And I, I just know there's research out there, like just least for my profession about like regenerating discs for, you know, introvertible discs and everything. And just like, would be so cool to see if that's actually in action in the future. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely would. Well, those are two great answers, Erica. So thank you so much. And with that, we have come to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. We want to once again thank our guest, Erica Canals, a PA from Inova Health System, for joining us today. So, Erica, thanks for spending some time with us. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much, Bo.